following message is by a guest speaker of Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found online at www.emmanuelcommunity.org. Let's turn to Matthew chapter uh, 16, and we'll start there. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, and we'll start off on this confession. Last uh, night we kind of looked at the confession of uh, Thomas, and uh, today we want to to jump off from uh, this passage, the confession that Peter gives. And uh, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of uh, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, uh, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Uh, verse 14 of Matthew 16, They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, uh, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. What do you, uh, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This was a very powerful uh, confession. And Jesus replied, uh, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And we're going to be just kind of looking at verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Amen. Uh, we're going to also jump to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, uh, as you know, it talks about the community of the church, of the body of Christ. And the Hebrew writer says um, in chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Let me uh, pray and uh, we'll go into this message. Lord, I thank you for ICC and as they continue in their journey here uh, in the Chicago area, Father, I pray that they will really be a church that will, pre- uh, will prevail and the gates of Hades will be overcome by this community. And many will come to know Jesus. Many will be healed. And many uh, will really seek the kingdom of God first. We pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us uh, as we talk about community, uh, transforming community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, we know that the church uh, is an institution that Jesus you know, started. Basically, the two institutions in the Bible is the marriage, which is the foundation of society, foundation of family. Uh, I always tell my you know, married couples, if you want to raise great kids, have a great marriage. You know, I was just doing a premarital counseling, you know, and I was talking with uh, two uh, young, young, uh, you know, people who were about to get married in October, and you know, I think both of them, what they confessed was they felt like their parents, you know, uh, did a great job providing. They both went to a great school. Uh, but both of them were sharing, you know, I wish that they had invested more into their marriage, you know. And so if you want to have great kids, I think you really need to have great marriages uh, in the Lord. And then Jesus started the church. And, you know, the church, I think, is the hope of the world. I think uh, Bill Hybels, you know, famous guy around here. Uh, says that all the time. It's the hope of the world. And I, I totally agree with him. And, and what kind of church do you want to be? You know, what kind of church and what kind of uh, 
kind of things do you want to be known as? And I'm sure you guys have your vision, but this is kind of what I've been talking to my church about uh, in the last year. And I just want to kind of throw it at you, and maybe, you know, here at ICC you could pray about it. But let me tell you, I think you know this. Actually, Pastor uh, Steve was talking about the similar things. I'm I'm sure he preaches uh, very similar things. Uh, But, you know, Christianity is not a solo religion. We're supposed to do it together. You know, we're supposed to fight together, love one another, burden, uh, share one another's burden. John w- uh, Wesley, a very famous, famous uh, you know, man of God, uh, said that once he met a serious man uh, in his journal, and the man uh, told John Wesley, Sir, you wish to serve God and go to heaven. Remember that you cannot serve Him alone. You must therefore find companions or make them. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. You know, I, I think we all understand that once, you know, the faith in Christ is a personal decision that we make that got us to open our heart and our eyes to, you know, his redemptive work. And just because we were born a missionary's child or, you know, a pastor's child or an elder's child, doesn't matter. But once we become a Christian, we're supposed to come together and really live out this you know, faith and community. John Wesley, after hearing uh, this man tell him that, you know, hey, you got to either go and make companions uh, or you got to become this kind of companion, he wrote this. He said, Christianity is a social religion. To turn it into a solitary religion is indeed to destroy it. And, you know, we understand when John Wesley said Christianity is a social religion, he's not saying Christianity is about playing Monopoly together and, you know, uh, what's that game that gets people into fight? Mafia, do not play that game, all right? Uh, it is banded at our church, okay? Uh, and, you know, what other, it's not talking about just social side. He's saying Christianity is not supposed to be done alone, you know? Just because you meet God and you're spiritual, if you cannot function in a community, that's not how God wanted it to be. It's supposed to be a religion that brings us together, and we fight and love and carry each other's burden. Well, with that said, I just want to give you three characteristics that you know, I've been thinking about a lot and really try to implement in our church. And, you know, it's just basic, and we're going to be looking at some verses uh, about it. And number one, uh, you know, what kind of community I would love for us to pray about this morning is that, you know, ICC could be a community of honesty. I'm not saying you guys are all liars or something, uh, but more true honesty with one another. Second, a community of accountability. Uh, biblical accountability, and then a community of victory. Wouldn't you like to come to this church and you find yourself living in the victory of Jesus Christ, right? Now, this idea of community of honesty, um, you know, last night I tried to kind of really help us process and say, hey, you know what? If you have doubts, let's be honest with that. And, you know, my general feeling is that this is a church that comes uh, and knows that we're all broken people. Uh, but I want to tell you, ever since Genesis chapter 3, people hide. You know, Genesis chapter 3, when they fall, Adam and Eve fall, instead of exposing that, hey, you know what, I messed up. Eve could have said, you know, I messed up, God, but she doesn't. She says, the serpent. And, and, and Adam could have said, God, I messed up. I should have led that situation. But he says, you know, the woman that you gave me. And, and so it just it's a place of hiding, but more and more we need to make sure that we are people who create an atmosphere where there is not hiding, there is not pretending, and there is no covering. This is not easy. You know, I think this is very difficult 
to be honest with God, to be honest with one another, and to be honest even with yourself. You know, I mean, there's so many platforms for us to put on a mask, you know. I mean, think about Facebook. How many of you put stuff on the Facebook like, me and my wife got into a fight, you know. Here I am when I wake up, you know. Uh, you know, here I am when I look like I'm going to hurt my child, you know. Uh, no. You know, you don't put those. It's like the, oh, the best vacation ever. And you, know, you knew that you got into a fight to take that picture, okay. Uh, we do that all the time. And then, you know, at the church, it could so easily become a place where we wear masks, Okay. Not because, it's, I think the church is kind of complicated because we talk about some really high biblical principles that we are actually, by the grace of God, what Jesus has done, we can actually become a place where we're really honest. But we talk about it, but sometimes to get there in this world, fighting through ourselves, fighting through sin, fighting through Satan, even though Jesus has brought us victory, it's a process, and sometimes you feel like there's such a gap you know, and, and you know, it's funny because a lot of times young people are so honest. I remember meeting up with a college student and, you know, we had a wonderful, like a, a revival meeting and people were worshiping God, praying and re- reconciling. And this one college guy, you know, you know, was talking to me, he goes, Pastor Young, you know, I, I just want to tell you, you know, this group, they pray for two, three hours, but I know them. After this revival meeting, I know them. Some of them are at bars, and you know, some of them are doing this, and you know, and, and some of them, you know, I, I got problems at our church. There's guys sleeping together where they're not married. You're not supposed to do that, amen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, uh, right? You got all their problems that's going on, and this guy's conf- and he's like, you think, you know, you think that they're really praying? And I, I said to him, I go, bro, we pray for two hours because we know we're broken. We're not praying for two hours because we're holy. <laughs> we need Jesus. That's what we're praying. And this guy, you know, uh, and other guys have said this. You know, one time I remember one guy saying, you know what? Going to a, a bar, there's more honesty. You know, people get drunk and they just say it the way it is. Like, oh man, I didn't like you. In fact, I hated you. Yeah, I hated you too. You know, I don't know. And they're, and they're just really, something about drinking and, and, you know, and getting to that area of like a little bit of, you know, less control. You, you're really honest. And, they, you know, like I've heard so many college guys say, you know what? People outside the church are so more real than the church. It feels like church is full of fake people. Family's okay. Marriage is okay. How are you doing? Okay. How's your family? Okay. But, you know, it's kind of, it's tough, right? It's tough. I mean, the other honesty is weird, too, right? Like, you go, how are you doing? Go, I got into a fight with my wife right now. I hate her right now, right? It's like, (laughs) too much information, all right? Uh, I don't think so. It's tough, all right? And I, I think it's unfair because there is a side because we're gathering to become our best self, our Jesus self, where we really want to go. That's the ideal. Sometimes we are like, that's where we want to go. I think it's actually easier to be real at a bar, to be real when you're drunk, because you're just releasing it. This is who I am. Yeah. And your friend says, yeah. 
And if you ever did that, it feels, yeah, it feels kind of good sometimes. You're like, yeah, at least I was just, I, you know, this is who I am. I released it. But you know, most of those secular friendships that my college and young adults have, they stop there. They're not saying, okay, that's who you are. But do you know there's a better you? The Jesus in you. Do you know that it's not just by being honest, but actually in your honesty, you can grow to your holiness of who you can be. And this is the complexity of the church, right? We want to be honest, and we want to point ourselves to the honest, the true honest. I don't have much vocabulary, so I use the same words. (laughs) The true honest self. All right, in Jesus Christ. I mean, how many times, let's be real, some of us have experienced, how many times have you been honest with another guy? Man, I'm struggling, and you shared it. And they're, they're someone who do not believe, and they said, they understood you, and they said, you know what? You can be what God created you to be, or you can be better. No, they just listen, and you feel great about it. But the Christian community says, let's be honest, and let's be really honest. We can be better. Not because how hard we try, but because what Jesus has done. That's a struggle. And there's phases at a time of the church where we start being honest, and then we start being fake. We start being honest, we start being fake. It's a struggle, and I really want to challenge us. You need to keep pursuing this, right, in community with one another. We all know that we're broken. We all know that our families are not perfect. We all know that there's struggles in our marriage you know, we all know that there's going to be good times and bad times. And the worst thing to do is just to dichotomize, you know, and say, you know what, I'm going to go to church and act like everything's okay. No, I hope that, and I believe it's happening here at ICC, that there are pockets and gatherings and moments where you can say, man, I'm having a hard week. You know, I'm having a hard month. This year's been terrible. I'm praying that this kind of biblical honesty will always be working in the midst of this community because that is the starting point. That is the starting point of really connecting with God. You know, I got to tell you, the other thing is many times, you know, uh, we are not honest with ourselves. You know, we've told ourselves we can make it do, and we, we somehow are disconnected to our emotion, where our emotion and where we really are is over here, but life is hard, i got to keep pressing on, i got to do the church thing, and it's over here. But we're, you know, it's over here, but we keep acting here, and somewhere down the line we believe our own lie, that we're okay when we're not. You know? We need to say, you know what, Lord? You keep me honest, and God, by God's grace and mercy, may this church continue to be a church where we're shedding our masks and not trying to be the best on Facebook, but coming and saying, you know what, uh, let's really let our guards down and let Jesus work through one of us, I mean through each other, Amen. All right, uh, so this idea of honesty. And I hope that at this retreat that more of that could keep coming. You know, I, I'm sure you've experienced this. When people start doing it appropriately, you know, you do have to be careful. You don't want to give too much information. All the, it, it is a prayerful honesty, okay? I remember 
like, uh, gave this kind of talk, and, and I, I took a missions team out. I go, let's be honest with one another. And I had this one sister, you know, who was older, and because she was older, I let her lead the, the women discussion. I, I knew I shouldn't have done that, but I let her. And, and this girl said to all these, you know, missions team late, uh, girls, uh, hey, let's be honest. Let's just be honest. Pastor Young told us to be honest. And then she went around telling honestly how she felt about each one of them. When I met you, I thought you were very spoiled brat, you know? When I met you, I didn't like you. Of course, she tried to end at the end. But right now, I'm, I'm kind of trying to like you. Man, that, that meeting did not go well, all right? They all came back like, that was too much honesty without wisdom, all right? This is a little complex, isn't it? You really actually need to be praying. And you really need to ask God. But when that honesty and wisdom is let out, and you share it in your small group, you share it with, with a friend in this church, and both of you get to a place as I'll be talking over and over again, says, you know what, thanks for your honesty. Let's go to Jesus. It's very powerful. It's very, very powerful. You know, I am sure that I heard some amazing sermons since my high school years that I became a believer until like the end of my college. But I don't remember half the sermons. But you know what I do remember? The people that I was honest with and that I'm still trying to be honest with in the Lord for the last 30 years. I have a friend since my high school year who I've been friends with for like 35 years. And we are brutally honest. Uh, You know, just two weeks ago he called me up He's like, man, I'm at the church. I got into a huge fight with my wife. And right now, I don't know if I can handle her. And, you know, he was just kind of going on and on, just, you know, doing his, like, he's venting out. And, and I just waited for a while. And then I said, but, bro, you, you know, you got to let it go, right? And he's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, you know, we got to love our wives. Okay. He can say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I gotta wait five more minutes, you know, let him vent it out more. And go, okay. And he said, yeah. And, you know, I thank God for Dr. Steve. I mean, uh, we need to really have relationships that we're developing that keeps moving in this direction. Amen? Right. Second, a community of accountability. We see it all over the Bible. Uh, it's kind of the next step, right? Uh, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. This idea we need to rub, it's not just about being honest, we need to rub each other the right way so that we could become more like Jesus together. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This idea that we can actually share our sins with one another, not so that we're forgiven, you know, of course, forgiven by one another if we hurt each other, but that we can share the deepest struggles that we have. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, Therefore encourage one another, build each other up, just in, uh, just as, in fact, you are doing. Okay? Again, this Christian life is not meant to be alone. We're supposed to fight together. You know? And we, not only were we honest, but we're supposed to be accountable. There's somebody in your life that knows kind of what's going on, and you are fighting that sin or that struggle one, with one another, and there's this accountability that's pushing you forward. And I want to tell you something about accountability. Accountability in the Bible is very powerful. When there are mentors and friends and even acquaintance uh, that you are being accountable and saying, you know what, let's, let's read the Bible together. 
Let's, let's you know, increase our prayer life. Let's raise our children you know, as, as stewards of God. And there's this accountability with money or your emotional life or your struggle with lust. And there's this, it's powerful. But it is only as powerful as you honestly use it. Because sometimes you can talk about accountability, but it's just a facade. You're not really opening up. You're not really fighting together. In fact, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but have you ever had an accountability partner and you were doing well and then you lied to them? And you say, like, I'm doing well, but you're not. Man, it's hard to go back and say, you know what? I've been lying to you. You know, I was true to you for two years, but the last year I've been lying to you. It's hard, isn't it? And then you're like, I don't know if I want to pick this up. You know, I don't know if I should. I remember, uh, wow, now it's almost like, I think 20 years ago. Yes, 20 years ago, I ended up, I was having this accountability partner with this one pastor, and he was much older than me. And, you know, just, you know, I prayed about it, and, and I felt like God wanted me to share, just, just, you know, really share some stuff with him. And one morning after we prayed, like at 5 in the morning, and, you know, and then I just kind of let him have it. Just everything just flowed out. And this guy's looking at me, and then, you know, he kind of gave me, you know, his uh, view and how I need to cut things out, how I need to, you know, come and do, you know, just radical things. And it just felt so good. Like, I felt like, like this big burden was lifted up. Somebody knows some of my struggles, and he's going to fight. We're going to fight together. And it just, have you ever had that feeling? Anyway, this is about myself. I'll talk about myself, okay? Uh, so, you know, I'm feeling really good, and I'm driving back home. And it was only like 10 minutes to my house. It was the craziest thing that happened. I have never audibly heard the voice of God. Maybe some of you have, but I have not. I've felt it strong in you know, vision, but not like heard, like God saying, Young, <laughs> preach this message. I've never heard anything like that, all right? But I'm driving back, and I really felt like I audibly heard the voice of a demon. Literally for 10 minutes, it was saying, go and sin and lie. You know? Go and sin and lie. Something like that. Go and, you know, do what you said you want to be accountable to. Go do it and then lie to the guy. It was the the most just stressful 10 minutes of driving. I got home, I'm like, oh my, it was just like ringing all over me, like, you know, you lie, and then, and I didn't know what to do, so I went to sleep. I woke up, the voice was gone, amen. Uh, and then I had a, a great accountability partner. I want to tell you, I have multiple accountability partners, because sometimes I mess up, and I have to switch to another dude. Because I, I'm kind of ashamed to talk to this guy because we were doing so well. So I, you know, I go on another, I go, I messed up with this other guy and I want to hold, you know, hold, and then like years later I tell him, I messed up with you, that's why, you know, I, I had to go to another dude. It's not, I don't like you. It's, I'm a sinful man. But you know what? The more you utilize it, the more it's powerful. But if you experienced it in your high school year or college year, or some time, and you messed up, and you just put it in the back shelf, guess what? One of the ways a means of grace is stolen by the enemy. 
You need to pray. You need to think about this. Because we've got to fight some things together. You know? You know, uh, you heard this kind of illustration. Uh, you know, there, there may be a struggle. There may be a sin. There may be a habit. There may be an addiction. And there's everything in this world, isn't it? I'm sure, there, even in this room, there's some of you that it's not just a sin. It's an addiction. It's, it's deep in you. And this struggle or sin, it's like a hundred pounds. And you're trying to lift it by yourself. And it's like awkward. And you, you do it sometimes, but it's just so hard. You're supposed to have a, a, a friend, a fighting partner, a warrior, or a sister to sister, brother. And you're supposed to lift that sometimes together as you're honest. And say, let's fight this together. You know, I, I remember this one time on Sunday, what happened was uh, we had moved to a new facility. And there was this big like conference table and you know one of our Sunday school director this guy is really skinny dude you know and he's trying to lift this conference table by himself he's going he's like kind of like barely scraping and so you know I I was like trying to be a servant so I go hey let me help you so I went to the other side and we're trying to lift it and I think I don't know how heavy it was but we were both struggling and this mom goes let me help you and then she grabbed it and suddenly we just lifted that thing (laughs) And we moved it. I don't know how, you know, she had like, like you know, anyway, she's like strong, right? And we lifted it, put it away. And it's kind of like, let's say, I'm just, this is very basic, right? Let's say the table was 100 pounds. He was lifting it by himself. He couldn't do it. When I lifted it with him, it made it 50 pounds. When that mom made it, it made it zero pounds. <laughs> but it, now it was distributed between the three, and suddenly we're able to move it. Some of your struggle, some of your sin, you're not going to make it alone. The more you make it, the more you make it a secret, the more you, you bury it, I'm going to tell you, the enemy is going to put it in a dungeon and it's going to mold up. It's going to mold up. <laughs> it's going to get infested and it's going to smell bad. It's a ticking bomb. And you got to pray. you got to find wise people. And it take, these accountability people that I have, it's not like I go, oh, this guy's a good guy. Boom. It's like I look at them. I look at who they are, their life. And when I find a good brother like Steve, I don't let him go. He's stuck with me forever. <laughs> I'm not joking. You know, <laughs> Betty used to act like, I feel like Steve and you are, I don't know. You guys are always talking more than me and me and me and him. I go, so what? <laughs> and there are there are a few other, like four others. You know, I'm one of those guys, I have so much, like Steve says, I can't I realize if I just have one, I burn them out. <laughs> I just burn them out, man. So I need at least like that distribution of four people. You know, uh, and Steve actually, uh, he has a pretty big well. But, you know, I, I remember, like, I'm talking to him, and I can tell, you know, uh, on the phone he's kind of doing this. <laughs> I can feel it, and I go, okay, time to call my other friend, you know. <laughs> and just, I'm smart enough to distribute my accountability, okay? Uh, you know, and, and so, but it, it took me years to pray and to find this. It's still not perfect. My wife definitely is one of it. I love my wife. If I didn't have her, I'd be even more of a sinful man. 
I'm so thankful for her. But I can't tell her everything. She knows like 99 stuff, 99%. But there's stuff that I need to tell a brother and fight together with a brother. All right? And a sister with a sister. Do you have these? Are you looking for it? Are you praying about it? If it happens in this church, more power to it is very, very powerful, right? Now, I, I, I say this all the time. There are people who, you know, a church that plays that out. And all, playing, it, playing it out, friends are awesome, where you just vacation together, you have a lot of fun, and that's bonding. That's awesome. There's people who talk it out in church, maybe like, you know, with cup lamian, and you're eating, and the MSG gets to you, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, and you share a little bit, and you talk it out. That's awesome. There's what I call a cry-it-out relationship where, you know, not only are you talking, but you kind of emotionally identify. And, you know, you two brothers, I've seen this before. Man, I'm struggling. Me too. Ah, I never cried before. Ah. And I remember just last, uh, when we met, me and Steve, he were driving. He looked, looked me in the eye and he said, Young, what? Are you messing up right now, man? Talk to me right now, man. I go, No. I gotta come out of the accountability partner. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, and, and I was like, I was very thankful. You know? There's people who you cry it out, but I want you to find this account. I call it a pray it out. And that is, you have fun. Man, if you find this in one person, it's awesome. You have fun. You talk it out, you cry it out. But in the end, you pray. And you say, you know, I'm your partner, but I can't help you. The only one who can help you is Jesus. So let's go there. I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to go there. You got a friend that's pointing you to Jesus, okay? And that's really, when, when they say they're going to pray for you, you know they're on their knees, all right? I tell you, you are blessed, all right? Pray that it's in your, in, definitely between your marriage, but someone else, you are blessed. Just really want to encourage you that God will bring such people to ICC. Amen? Lastly, the community of victory. And it's amazing. Throughout the Bible, there are these verses that pump you up. Like Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So in Second Peter it says, God, through what Jesus has done, gave us everything that we need to live a godly life. In Romans uh, chapter 6, verse uh, 18, it says, You have been set free from sin and have become slaves of righteousness. Romans chapter uh, 6, verse 22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And there's all these passages that's talking about victory. And I love them. But you ever have a season where you're like, I'm not getting most of that. You know? And I share with you, there are times where I, I had these victories where I'm like, oh my gosh, my graft is like, I'm, I'm going to be like Jesus in a year. But I want to tell you, I've been living with the Lord for 35 years as I shared. Okay, at least humanly speaking, I think I believed him at the age of 16. 35 years. He is more real, like I shared with you, than my son, who I've only known for 15, 16 years. Right? But some of these victories are really fast and others are very confusing. So this is how I categorize my victory. And 
I'm going to pray for our church and yours that this community will be a community that leads one another in honesty and accountability into victory. And here's my victory category. Number one, I call it victory into freedom. And that's one of those, you pray a prayer, you sing a song, you hear, and I don't know if it has happened to you, you hear a message and bam, it's done. I've heard enough testimony. Smoker for 20 years, heard the Lord, bam, no more smoking. Usually it's one out of 100%, but it happens, right? I had a guy at our church who became a believer at our church. You know, he was one of the, you know, uh, in, in the family side, in the college, we have like 20, 30 guys coming to know the Lord. But in the family, uh, you know, uh, site, this one guy became a, a Lord. And he said that, you know, he was into porn. He was a non, non-believer. You know, it, it wasn't even guilt. He just watched it all the time, right? And he said, one Sunday, I was preaching on sexual purity. And I said, you know, watching porn is sin. And he said he heard that. He, never, he was not a non-Christian. He became a believer. And he's like, yeah, I thought it was not that good. But Pastor Young says it's sin, and it's not going to be good for your marriage. It's not going to be good for your sex life. You know, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of like a little blunt, and you know, I kind of went on and on. And he said after that sermon, he goes, "I'm not watching no more." And he said he stopped. Now, I don't know for some of you ladies, like yeah, but I'm going to tell you, that's a miracle. He stopped. He said, "I haven't watched never again." You know, and bam, one message. Woo. It was over, right? And I love those. I've had those where I pray, and suddenly it just disappeared. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, God is real. You know, life is good. You know, I, whoa, Holy Spirit is powerful. Victory. And you would wish you would hit home run all the time. Bam. Oh, yeah. I love my kids. Bam. Oh, yeah. You know, I love everything, you know. It happens. Praise the Lord. There are home runs, okay? But I have this other victory called victory into endurance. It's like I thought I beat it, but it comes back. Sometimes at a stronger force. It's the craziest. Has that ever happened to you? You're like, oh man, I'm doing so well. Whoa. You're like, the more you push, it seems like the more you, it, but, but there's a progress and you're enduring and you're like, oh, it's hard to love my sister. Because she has a temper problem. I thought I honored my father, but now he's like 81 and he repeats his story over and over again and he does crazy things. My dad, he takes pictures of my kids' uh, report cards and he shows it to people. I'm talking about random people, people at Pep Boys and you know, grocery <laughs> stores. They go, Look, my grandson, straight A+. Plus. And we're like, oh, they're going like, oh. And a part of me is like, Hi. oh, God, Lord. I don't know if I can honor this man. Why? And I tell him, don't do it. He keeps doing it. And it's just like, oh, it's like enduring. But, you know, you're making progress in endurance. Do you know, I don't know, maybe some people, you love the victory into freedom. You're like, that's all I want for my Christian life. Every time I pray... Every time I, you know, the Spirit fills me, whoa, I'm free. I'm free. Praise God. He does this. But in my life, I had those, a lot of them. But I also had a lot of enduring. And there are some stuff that I am enduring and enduring 
And praise God. I'm telling you right now, God works powerfully through the years. All right? I look at me and my wife. I have become a cleaner person. All right? I have become a gentler person. You know, I know I seem very gentle, right? But I wasn't. Amen? <laughs> you know, I, I used to be really, I, I still have these kind of habits. I, I was really rude. And so, like, when I called somebody on the church, I'd be like, hey, did you set up the mic? Yeah, okay, bye. And I, I, I didn't even say bye. I used to just hang up. You know, I'd be like, did you set up? You know, I would literally call somebody. I don't even say, how are you doing? I, I call them up and I go like, hey, did you set up the mic? Yeah. And I hang up. And my wife's like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, What? What? And she's like, you don't you didn't even say hello. I go, oh, okay. So next time I go, hello, hey, hello, hey, did you set up the mic? And I hang up. <laughs> she's like, literally, she had to teach me this, okay? Because I was so like, I, I didn't think it was bad. And I just tell them what you have to tell them. And she's like, teach me. I, sometimes we got to fight, like, what's the big deal? You know, that's how I am. And and then now I start, you know, hello, how are you doing? <laughs> And actually, I, I like listening to it, but it took me a long, how are you doing? And, you know, now, like I, like, I talk on the phone too long. She's like, why are you talking on the phone too long? I go, you trained me, woman. You trained me. But now, actually, I don't know, between her training me this way, I, I don't know why I do this. It may be a pendulum swing. I always just end up thanking people on the phone. Thank you. Thank you. She's like, why are you thanking I don't know. I just thank them. Because <laughs> it's less rude, you know. And so it, but, I mean, this sounds really silly. But this kind of little character behavior of my rudeness took a long time to fix <laughs> with a lot of coaching and prayer from my wife. Now I'm a little better. You know, not, not that great, but I'm a little better. I just say thank you all the time. Thank you. And I hang up. She's like, why would you say thank you? I, go, I don't know, but it sounds less rude, you know. Uh, and those, there are things that you endure, but I think they're victory. Because you're enduring and you're making that progress. But I have a third category. And I don't know, some of you might say, I I don't think that's victory, Pastor Young, but I call it victory in struggle. It's like, you know, victory in freedom is like awesome. Like Jesus' blood, the Holy Spirit, whoa, it's done. Victory into endurance, you can handle it because there's some progress. You feel like it's, it's this obstacle course, but you're kind of moving. Victory into struggle is like you feel like you're going nowhere. Nowhere. I don't know if you've ever had a point where I'm going like, I'm 51 years old, and I'm still struggling with that. I'm still struggling after 35 years of love relationship with Jesus, I'm still struggling. I still compare. I still find jealousy and a lot of other junk. Not only that, I still struggle with anger. After 35 years of many repentance, many Holy, fill, Holy Spirit filling, I'm still struggling. And maybe you will say, I don't know. Pastor Young, if that's correct, but I'll say it this way. I know in my heart, I'm going to be like him. I'm going to be like him. One day, I'm going to be like Jesus. Amen? When I see him, I'm going to be like him. And some things I think I could be wrong. When I live life through the Bible, and when I look at the Bible, some things I'm just going to struggle until I see him. But I'm not going to 
quit because there's grace every morning. There's some of us in this room, you don't struggle anymore because you have accepted it and said, I'm just going to bury that thing. It's just going to be a dichotomized life. No one will know. It doesn't affect anyone else. I'm just, I'm sick. Do you ever get sick of struggling? It's like, you know, I'm just a jealous person. I'm just an angry person. That's just the way I am. I understand that fully. But you still, by grace, could say, but Lord, make me like you until I see you. It just sounds like the lowest common denominator. But you know, sometimes people come to me, and uh, actually in the college ministry and beyond, you get this, you know, more frequently than none, struggling with same-sex attraction. And just talking and praying with, you know, the person for now, like, I don't know, four or five years. And, you know, this guy, you know, is just really sharing, and he just wants it out of him, but he's just, you know, and he just, there's a couple, and, and they just feel so shameful that they even have this struggle. And I, I look at him and I say, you know what? God is working in you. Because you are struggling. And you want to be like Jesus. Don't quit. God knows what he's doing. Let's just struggle together. Marriage, struggling. Like, I don't know, Pastor Young. I don't know if I'm going to make it. After they share, I go, you know what? I praise God that you actually come to me and struggle. Because I think that's part of moving towards victory. Amen? It stinks if that's all you got. You know what I mean? You're just struggling, struggling, struggling. But there are victories into freedom. There are victories in endurance. And there are victories you say, you know, Jesus, give me grace for today. Because one day, this is going to be broken. All of it is going to be broken. But Lord, until that day, I'm going to struggle in your grace with this community. And I'm going to keep on fighting the good fight. Amen? Let's pray. Imagine, by God's grace and His mercy, and I think it's happening here at ICC, but the Lord keeps feeding His grace, breaking down pride and masks and hiding and Facebook lifestyle. And slowly and wisely, Instead of putting on a mask, we start sharing. We say, you know, I love this church, but I'm struggling. But I want to get better. I want to seek Him. I believe, but I have unbelief. There's something powerful when people are honest with one another. But we don't want just that. We want honesty. We want a safe place, but a safe haven where sanctification is happening. We're not a bar where you just you feel safe to be the 
whatever you are, and that's where it's... No, that's great. Let's get there. But we want the Lord to move you to what you can be, what you were created to be, who you are, a child of God. Brother, find the brother that you're going to fight together with. Sister, find a sister that you're going to go into prayer. You're going to cry together, yeah, but you're going to pray together. And when you write that email, I'm praying for you. Man, it's not just an email. It's a spiritual weapon. You're praying. My feeling is it's happening already here. But may it increase. May it increase. People come to ICC and say, you know what? There are broken people here just like me. People come to ICC and say, you know, it's taken a while. I have to experiment, but there, there are people that, that could hold me accountable. And I pray in Jesus' name that there will be victory here at ICC. People being set free. That in a message you hear Dr. Steve or, or Peter or others preach and bam, that Sunday you're like, wow, I'm never going to watch porn again. And you don't. I'm never going to let anger take control. And you don't. That can happen. Praise God. I pray for many testimonies. But maybe also victor of endurance. You know what? I'm going to keep on working on my struggle with money, materialism. I don't want to be like the world. I'm going to keep working on it. Or maybe the victory where you're like, I'm not going to quit. You know, that thing is not going to get the best of me. I'm not going to let my heart grow dull. I'm not going to bury it in a secret place. I'm going to struggle. And be real. Wow, I, I want to go to that church. I, I pray that that's what the Lord will do in this community. Because if God does that, people will be changing. People will be changing. Kids will be changing. Where there is biblical honesty, biblical accountability, and a community that says we were made to be the child of God. No more fear. I am, we are children of God. Can we pray that for ICC? And uh, I do this at our church. If you don't mind, if you can stand and pray because you've been sitting for a while. And let's just lift up ICC to the Lord.